It's time for episode 301 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, July 3rd, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we don't just stop and watch. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I'm joined across this internet of ours by my co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I am doing peachy keen, Dan. Thank you so much for asking. I mean, not like you, you know, you don't ask me every time, but yeah, I still thank you. Thank you for thank, asking. I, I appreciate you being honest with me. I, I That means a lot to me. <laughs> All right. This is, of course, the show where we talk to two fantastic guests about four technology topics. To my left this week... It is the managing editor at iMore, Lori Gill. Welcome back, Lori. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. And to my left, podcaster over at the Accidental Tech Podcast and right here on Relay FM with the analog, it is Casey Liss. Hello, Casey. Hello. How are you guys? Great. And I hope you are feeling great as well. Of course. I'm here with you. How could I not be if I'm with you three <laughs> lovely people? Oh. <laughs> All right. I kick things off. So Johnny Ive has announced that he is leaving Apple. And obviously, there are a lot of hot takes. And since we're only giving you like a minute and a half to talk, what's your hot take on Johnny Ive leaving Apple? Is this a ground-shaking <laughs> thing or is this business as usual? Lori? So it, that one is, I, it's both, in my opinion. It's ground shaking because the, you really cannot deny Johnny Ives' contribution to design in technology today. All, like all phones look the way they do in large part because of his design ideas from the beginning. And a lot of technology today kind of uses similar styles from designs that he's come up with. But at the same time, it's also a business as, as usual because, you know, everybody leaves a company. They retire, they move on, they go on to do different things. I think the company for years now, just based on some of the articles that we've read on the internet, it, he's sort of been pulled back from from day to day anyway. So I don't think it's going to change the company all that much. And if anything, it might give Apple a chance to grow outside that sort of design aesthetic that he put in place being that um, they might sort of homage it into the future, but also take those ideas and grow something outside of that, grow bigger than that. So it's a big deal that he left Apple, but it's not, I don't think, going to have any effect on the products that we love going forward. Well, uh, Lori's hot take is essentially my hot take as well. You know, there were different articles that came out that said different things, and then different people said, no, that's not how it goes. That's not what's happening. You've got it all wrong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If there's any truth to the matter that, you know, he had kind of stepped back from day-to-day management, and maybe he stepped back into it for a while, but clearly that was not sort of where he wanted to be, then I think we have our answer right there in the sense that this has kind of been a thing that's... I, I know some people hate it, whatever you say, it's a thing, but it's a thing that's been a thing for a while, and therefore... <laughs> I think that Apple is A-OK going forward. I understand the concerns, and I understand this. Well, I don't understand it, but I know that there is sort of this expectation, particularly among Apple geeks and nerds, that you need to have this enigmatic uh, figure in 
in a in a high place in Apple in order for the company to be a success. And so Steve Jobs passes away and they say, well, if Steve Jobs was alive, da 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 and Tim mm-hmm. Cook, blah, blah, blah. So then they look to Johnny Ive to kind of be that Steve Jobs role. And despite the fact that there is that sort of, we need to have someone who plays that kind of like obstinate and and creative force I don't think that that's necessarily the case. And I think that ultimately, no one thing is done by one person. And I think that people forget that sometimes, that there are teams that create these devices that work together to produce these uh, this software and, and make these features. And it's kind of... I, I, I wonder how disheartening it can be sometimes when... Uh, people who work at Apple look out and see these responses and have this idea of like, wow, I'm totally invisible to those people because they think that Johnny Ive like sat down <laughs> at a at a at a rock and chiseled away and then you know went through steps one through nine hundred thousand and he has an iPhone ready and that's the thing that came. No, so many people are involved. So it stinks in the sense that you know people are worried about it but ultimately i think that things will be okay and i'm sorry that was a long hot take casey <laughs> it's your turn make me stop talking <sighs> all right so i have uh two very quick hot takes number one i think this has been going on for a long time i'm not a tea drinker i'm sorry dan but i still have to try to read the tea leaves and if you look at Apple's actions from the last four to five years, it seems clear that they are paving the way for Johnny to exit. Not to say that he was fired or anything, just that they were trying to manage that whole departure. And I think they've done so. The other thing I'll say is that I have a couple of pretty close friends that work inside Apple in software, not in, in industrial design or anything. And it's funny to me how often they complain and moan about the the sorts of big businessy things that even Apple falls you know, victim to. And yes, Apple is a much more nimble business than any other of its size, but it's still a big business, just like you guys were saying. And so because of that, I, I don't think that there's going to be that much. It's not going to be ground shaking by any means. I think this is going to be mostly business as usual. As a figurehead, yeah, it's a big deal. But as in day-to-day operations, I don't think it's that much of a, not that much of a problem at all. Yeah, I mean, we had this conversation, as Mike alluded, when Steve Jobs died. And amazingly, the company is still there. I know we're all a little surprised by that every day. Uh, I don't think that that Ives' departure really necessarily means that anything terrible is going to happen. It's also funny to watch the conflicting narratives of people who are like, there's too much design. It's everything is, you know, fun- form over function. And now that the designer's gone, everything is doomed. How do we how do we do that? Um so I, I think that, you know, like Jobs, who has uh, impressed his vision on the rest of Apple, I'm sure that I've impressed his vision on his own department. So we're certainly not going to see any changes in the short term, uh, because anything that he has worked on is still like kind of in the pipeline there. Uh, and in the long term, I think we'll probably see, you know, a lot of stuff hewing close to the principles that he laid out, if not sort of exact implementations of what he might have done. So I, I think... I think it's going to be fine. There's much wringing of hands, but that's kind of always the case whenever anything with Apple is involved. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let us go to our second topic, which comes from Lori. When you go on vacation, do you turn off all of your devices, uh, walk away from your job, or do you always sneak a peek at your whatever your group chat is or check those text messages and emails? Do you unplug or do you stay connected when you go on vacation? 
Um, so I had this realization the other day um, that I have not been on vacation since I was in high school and like went with family. And so uh, every other time I've gone to a place, it has been for a reason, be it work or, uh, you know, we had one destination wedding in the past three or so years um, or some event that required, you know, things that needed to happen at specific times and logistics and things like that. So that is my way of saying I haven't had really the opportunity to unplug because on those uh, trips, I have to be able to access and communicate with people. Um, That said, on during the periods of time where I am, for example, like with my partner and there's not a whole lot going on. And so like for a weekend or something, um, I will always get these notifications in the next week from screen time that are like, hey, your screen time was down like 75%. Are you okay, Micah? And, are you dead? Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> and also your your blood pressure was, or your uh, heart rate was pretty low too. What's going on? Everything's okay, right? Um, and so that's to say that I imagine that if I were on if I, if I were to go on vacation uh, I think that I would be the type of person who actually could unplug and and sort of be separated from things because it seems that in those situations where I know I don't have to do any logistics or or answering any questions or things like that um, I already do unplug and i think that i would continue to do so so here's to the future with uh vacations and (laughs) unplugging from tech casey what about you so coincidentally just yesterday was the one year anniversary of me being independent and my last day of work at a traditional jobby job was a year ago yesterday and one of the things i've learned because of that is that There's a very nebulous and thin line between working time and not working time, which is Mm -hmm. in some ways very, very good and in some ways very, very bad. But because of that, to answer the question more directly, do I ever unplug? Not really. Uh, Not to say I'm, you know, a workaholic that's that's checking emails with push notifications of new emails and and I'm and I'm sitting on the beach just refreshing my inbox or anything like that. But I I don't find that it's terribly often that I really and truly completely unplug. It does happen, but it's not that often. And that's in part because, like I said, you know, I'm working for myself now. So if I'm not working, then literally nobody is working. (laughs) So so there's a little bit of added pressure there. I don't know. Dan, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I'm I'm in a similar boat to you, Casey. I mean, I have worked for myself for coming up on five years now, and it's... Um, it, it, the the thing that happens is because I I unplug from job stuff. Like I'm not gonna think necessarily about like oh I need to write a column or I need to put out a podcast because I'm not doing that while I'm away. But I stay a little bit plugged in just because I want to know what's going on. So more of it is like I will check Twitter still. I will pop mm-hmm. into Slack um, to like see how people are doing. And a lot of that's also because the people I quote unquote work with are also people that are my friends and I want to know <laughs> what's going on. I don't want to get, I feel like I'm missing out, even though I'm in an amazing place having vacation. Um, so I, I don't try, I try to like compartmentalize my brain in terms of not thinking about work stuff. Um, and on some stuff that's easier than others. Like I said, you know, not having to come up with a clockwise topic is very different from, uh, I stopped thinking about whatever book I'm working on, for example, like it's a, it's like different parts of your brain, different tasks. So I don't think I ever completely unplug, but at the same time, I am definitely not as invested as I would be if I were at home working. Lori, mm-hmm. any last thoughts? Yeah. So th- I'm kind of like you that I, 
If I'm able to connect to the internet, I will probably do a little bit of checking in here and there, uh, trying to stay out of it, but also sticking my nose in even when I'm not needed a little bit. But actually what I do to unplug is I usually go camping where I have to unplug and it feels really good to just not even be able to check in with the world outside. There's no Twitter, there's no news feed, there's nothing. I'm just out there in the wilderness appreciating nature and having campfires and swimming and stuff like that. So I do unplug because most of my vacations involve being somewhere where there isn't anywhere to access technology. Excellent. All right. Well, that is two topics down, which of course means it is halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by our very good friends at Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud, and you can get that server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. It doesn't matter whether you're working on your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode are the folks to go to. They offer the fastest hardware and network with outstanding customer support if you ever need help. It is super easy to launch a Linux cloud server. I can say that because I've done it myself. And their block storage is available in Newark, Fremont, Dallas, Atlanta, Frankfurt, London, and Singapore. And it's soon to be released in Tokyo. Version 4 of Linode's RESTful API is out of beta and includes an officially supported Python CLI. And right now, Linode is hiring. If you want to learn more and check out what they're looking for, just go to linode.com slash careers. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at a gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode has a special offer for you, you lucky ducks. As a listener of this show, you can go to linode.com slash clockwise and use promo code clockwise2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have absolutely nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash clockwise and promo code clockwise2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Half time has come to an end. Micah Sargent, take it away. All righty. Uh, this morning, I put on my, or no, I was taking off my Apple Watch uh, to charge. But right before that happened, I got the little uh, on my watch and it was saying, hey, here's how your rings looked yesterday. And here's what you can do today to be even better. And that made me think uh, back to when I first got the Apple Watch or when I first upgrade to a new Apple Watch or when I first install an OS update for the Apple Watch and I get sort of reinvigorated by the gamification of activity. And my my question for you is not even just with Apple Watch, but with anything where they uh, different apps or services try to sort of gamify things to get you to stick to a habit or or do something. How long does gamification last for you before you no longer feel it? Casey, we'll start with you. For most things, it doesn't usually last long for me, and I don't usually care after, I don't know, like a week or two, maybe a month or two. However, I am a devoted Apple Watch wearer. And I jokingly coined myself a blue ring stud at one point in the sense that I have had almost no misses on my blue rings since I got my original Apple Watch in like 2014, 2015, whatever it was. Um, So with regard to the activity stuff in in the Apple Watch, that still does work for me. And and I turned 37 this year, so I'm officially in my late 30s. And so I've been trying to concentrate on getting myself 
slightly more healthy and slightly more active. And I think I hear Dan snickering in the background because I think <laughs> you are just a just a hint older than I am. And so you you're probably walking the same journey at the same time. But in any case, uh, I, because of that, I've been paying more attention to the other rings that actually require effort to attain. And so I've been looking more at my move and exercise rings and and I am finding myself trying to like edge ever closer to a perfect week or a perfect month or what have you. So with regard to the Apple Watch still working, you know, four or five years later, with regard to everything else, eh, never really stuck. Let me just say walking the same journey gets a lot harder at this age. Uh, okay, see the <laughs> knees start to go and Yes, and, yes, I yeah. <laughs> Let um, me also say then that uh, a blue ring stud sounds like something a horse wins at a county fair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually my experiences are pretty close to, to Casey's a lot of gamification for me you know I will play around with those kinds of things for a week or two but they don't generally stick and something about the Apple Watch has maybe it's because I do wear it every day and because those um, the, the rings in particular are so baked into the essence of the Apple Watch that it still has compelling to it I do wish there were options to sometimes tell it to stop bothering me as, as someone who does <laughs> occasionally have a, a, a chronic mobility con- condition that pops up uh, on those days when you're like lying on the couch it's like I can't actually walk around and you want me to get up screw you apple watch um so uh you know but i I feel that same guilt even then like oh man i haven't really moved around today i guess i should do something um so i I think that there's something very compelling about the way the apple watch has done it and i'm not sure why that works when other things don't um because i think gamification so often comes across as a gimmick even for things that i feel like you know i should be doing more or are, are like habits that i want to instill in myself i find it really hard to like stick with gamification but that might be because i i have trouble with even just like the game aspect of that sometimes <laughs> there are a lot of like mobile games that come out that i'm like nah i get bored of after a week or two so maybe it's more about maybe it's about me i guess i guess it could be about <laughs> me for once Lori, what do you think so i when it comes to playing actual games I am all on board with achievements. I want to get all the achievements. But outside of actual games, the gamification of habit tracking and fitness and activities, just I don't even get started. It doesn't even affect me from day one. I just ignore it completely. Even the Apple Watch activities stuff, like if I get a little notification that says, you've done great standing six times today, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> like, the, So for me, that's absolutely not the way to motivate me. And I honestly don't know what is the way to motivate me because I don't think I've ever closed all of my rings on Apple Watch. So I, am a, I, need, I need something other than the, the achievements w- rewards to uh, motivate me. Even, um, even the, in-ga- the in-app uh, sort of helpful digital assistant that says, great job, keep going, or hey, you look like you could use a chance to stand up today, or maybe you should get out and walk and finish closing those rings. Nothing. It doesn't do anything for me. I like that you're just like you sort of are staring it down like you do nothing for me. Yeah, and it's you can't little, tell me what to do. It's this tiny little person in your watch, and it's got these like big puppy dog eyes, and it's like all sad because it can't get you. It's like please, just just believe. I believe in you, and you're like you're doing nothing for me. Um, actually, if there yeah, if there was like a something with sad puppy dog eyes actually looking at me, that might work. <laughs> Take note, uh, Apple uh, Watch OS people listening to this. 
So uh, all interesting and varied answers around. Um, ultimately, I think that gamification uh, for me lasts as long as I don't think too much about it. Because when I start to think too much about it, my like sort of Vulcan mind comes forward and is just like, this is playing on my emotions and I don't have many of those when I'm in my Vulcan mindset. So I'm like, I need to be practical about this. And then I, I get a little bit lorry about it. Like you're doing nothing for me <laughs> and more. So you're just, you're, you're spouting nonsense at my screen that I just would, I wish was out of the way. And it's uh, an inconvenience, but Man, oh man, what it would be like to be a blue ring stud. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to our last topic, which comes from Casey. So as we record this, it is July 3rd, which means tomorrow for Americans is the 4th of July, which is you know America's birthday or something like that. So I was curious <laughs> what outdoor or perhaps food prep or party piece, you know, party related piece of tech are you most excited to break out? Or alternatively, what are you lusting after? Oh man, uh, I so I we bought a, a like a little Weber grill a year or so ago. It's still in the box in the basement, so that should tell you how much use we get out of that. Um, I'm not much of a, an outdoor grill. I think I I do like the idea of some of the connected thermometers. That's something I would really kind of want. I have you know a couple pretty nice you know food thermometers that I use when I'm just cooking in the house. But I like the idea of having ones that I put in and then I can check it on my phone or something like that because I just always feel like I'm I'm futzing around and I'm I've, I'm harried. I've got like oh I got to get the thermometer. I'm using like a hot pad or whatever. And it's just, it always feels so stressful to me. I'd love something to just be able to like flip it out on my phone and be like, oh, you know, it's done cooking. I'm taking it off the grill now. So for me, I feel, and also as someone who just is, is, uh, overly paranoid about like food safety things like that also feels like a good peace of mind thing there. Yeah. So to follow up with the, um, thermo- the tech thermometer, I actually have a meter thermometer, M E A T E R, mm. and it is absolutely gorgeous. It's a minimalist looking thing. It just looks like this met, this metal stick that goes into your meat and the app does all the work. And I use it every time I go, I go outside to barbecue and I will be using it again this weekend. Um, it is fantastic. Works really well. I can, if it's hot outside, I can go inside the house and drink some lemonade while I'm waiting for it to cook up. And then it gives me a little notification. I also use it at Thanksgiving for cooking turkey, and it's mm. the best. So I literally do have a uh, tech thermometer, and it is specifically the meter. So that's my pick. Googling it's it very now. pretty. <laughs> Right? It's very pretty. Um, it's very pretty. <laughs> you just sold probably 15 of them. Uh, so for me, I don't have I don't have many like super high tech deals. Um, one of the things that I've talked about before on 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 Twitter is that my mom, um, is white and therefore is more prone to being damaged by the sun than her um, brown children. And so I uh, will often tell her about the UV index for the day. Um, and, you know, around the 4th, you often spend a lot of time outside. And of course, I also have beige relatives who spend a lot of time <laughs> outside. And so they all need to know, hey, here's what the UV index is. And so I actually have a shortcut, a series shortcut called UV Mama. And I tap that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Casey. Um, and I tap on that and it 
automatically grabs the UV index information for the day from Carrot Weather and then sends it over to my mom. So I'm sure I'll be using Aww. that around the 4th. Um, and then other than that, this doesn't technically count, but because it was a recommendation from the wire cutter, I'm just going to include it. Uh, the knife sharpener from the wire cutter is the... is one of a few of the most wonderful products that I have like uh, that I own that I've gotten as recommendations from the wire cutter. It brings me so much joy, not so much the, the, the knife sharpener itself, but how sharp knives get afterward. And so I'm actually, before I leave, before I flee the state, I am going to be going around to my family members and sharpening their knife sets with it. And everybody's just going to be able to cut paper and pennies and whatever they want because this knife <laughs> sharpener is so amazing so that counts as tech i think it's a kitchen gadget and i'm excited about sharp 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 knives you might get to come <sighs> here and sharpen my knives yes yeah, <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right for me uh so permit me a slight digression my uh, brother-in-law is getting married uh, somewhat soon and so he's having like a meeting of the families at my mother-in-law's <laughs> house and it's going to be like a party where we all just get to know each other and and i was asked to provide music for this party and I talked to my dad who lives fairly close by and was like, Hey, what can I do? Do you have anything that would be a solution for like an outdoor thing with only like 20 or 30 people? And he said, well, yes, I do. And he brings me this clearly not new, but in very good condition box called a Cambridge Soundworks. That's Cambridge Mass, by the way. Soundworks oh, yeah. Model 12. And what this is, this is a speaker set in a box. And so... The box also houses a subwoofer. Then it has two regular, you know, like satellite speakers and a little like amplifier. And so it doesn't have Bluetooth or anything like that, which is unfortunate. But it's this entire unbelievably good sounding stereo in, a, in like a Pelican case sort of thing. It is super cool. And now I'm like cruising eBay trying to find one for myself because I know dad's going <laughs> to want his back one day. I cannot even begin to describe how great this thing sounds given that it's a stereo in a suitcase. Like, it has no business sounding as good as it does. And now I want one for myself. So I am excited to break that out, probably tomorrow and also at my brother-in-law's uh, big party. Well, there you go. There's a, a whole bunch of stuff to break out for your summer needs. All right. That is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. But before then, I want to tell you about our other sponsor here today. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Direct Mail. It's an easy-to-use email marketing app designed exclusively for the Mac to help you create and send great-looking email newsletters. Email marketing is still an incredibly cost-effective way to reach your, reach your customers and grow your business. And for the past 15 years, Mac users around the world have trusted the Direct Mail app to handle all of their marketing needs. It's designed just for the Mac, which means it's fast, it's easy to use, and it works great with the other apps and services that you already use. You can get in-depth campaign reports that show you who's reading, clicking, and sharing your newsletters. You can save time by integrating with over 1,000 other apps and services on your Mac and the web. And you can have email campaigns sent automatically without you lifting a finger, plus much, much more. They've got real human live chat customer support available to answer your questions. And DirectMail is the number one top-rated email marketing app for the Mac with five-star reviews on the App Store, GetApp, and elsewhere. It's trusted by small businesses, nonprofits, schools, and Fortune 500 companies alike. Direct Mail is free to download and get started. Listeners of this podcast can save 10% off all of the full feature pricing plans. Head over to directmailmac.com slash clockwise to check it out. That's directmailmac.com slash clockwise to get 10% off when you opt for a full feature plan. Our thanks to Direct Mail for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. 
And the bonus topic today to sort of build on Casey's uh, last topic there. What are we throwing on the grill for you this July 4th holiday? Lori? Um, I am all about Beyond Burger right now. So you can throw on some Beyond Burgers for me. Done. Micah? <laughs> uh I I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but I do not like any grill food. Grill food is dry and gross to me. Sorry. <laughs> My God. <laughs> there it is. Uh well it's funny you bring up the Beyond Burger, Lori, because I just had my very first Beyond Burger literally a day and a half ago, and it was interesting. But I mean, it was it was good. I was having it literally next to a traditional beef burger, which I was not complimenting the Beyond Burger by doing that. But anyway, I would love to try the Impossible Burger, which I have looked at my local Burger King, which is starting to carry them, but my local Burger King does not yet. But I would love to uh, try the Impossible Burger because I've heard that it is actually slightly better than the Beyond Burger. And so I'd like to try it. Uh, I'm not a hamburger person myself, so make mine like an Italian sausage of some variety. Ooh, that would be good. That would be great. Uh, all right, our grill is full and our show is concluded, <laughs> which means all we have left to do is thank our fantastic guest this week, Lori Gill. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And the blue ring stud himself, Casey List. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for joining us this week. I'm so sorry, everybody. And thank you for having me on this. What is probably my last appearance on Clockwise. <laughs> you, brought, you, brought this, everybody. you brought this on yourself, you Casey. this to yourself. <laughs> and Micah, I hope you have a happy July 4th holiday and the same to all of our listeners out there. We will be back next week. But until then, remember, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.